Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, sports development, including NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news in all combat sports. You can even get going on next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV. That's believe. And you get the bonus and get into action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much, Bet Online, for bringing the podcast to the people. Oh, good morning. Oh, sorry. Magnolia, you're awake? Yeah. What are you going to do now? Uh, eat Magic Spoon, obviously. It's the best. See? Magic Spoon is, in fact, the best. My eight year old daughter loves it. I love it. My wife loves it. Not just because it tastes as good, if not better, than your favorite childhood cereals, but. It has 13 or 14 grams of protein and only four net carbs in each serving with only 140 calories in a serving. Come on, you got to be kidding me. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's probably just a bunch of junk with protein powder added. No, 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 no. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Amazing flavors. We love everyone. What's your favorite flavor? Okay. Well, <laughs> Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today, and be sure to use our promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your order. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. It's so good! All right. What's up? <laughs> Welcome to Mikey Likes You, the greatest health and fitness podcast on the planet. I promised you a Q&A, so let's get right to it. You guys provided the cues on my Instagram, at MikeyLikesYou1. Go ahead and put those in the comments. And you can also use at Mike Catherwood, which I have a lot more followers and I seem to have a lot more interaction. So go ahead and use that one. I don't give a fuck. But uh, if you do put your questions in the comments, there's a lot better chance I'm going to get them. And I, like I told you many times before... I appreciate the DMs. I really do. And I hope, I, I really want to say this with sincerity. Um, I'm sorry if I don't respond to stuff that happens in my DMs because I just get so many. And it's mostly impossibly hot chicks from Eastern Bloc part of Europe that are so not bots that want to offer me sex. Uh, but I get hundreds a day, so, you know, I'm sorry, but, uh, if you relegate the questions to the comments, it seems to go better. Let's get started. What do you do from Ivan, uh, Ivan, Ivana break it. <laughs> what do you do when you see your wife getting in a mood and it's going to be a shitstorm coming up the next few days and doing your own thing makes her more mad? Well, okay. I deal with that. I know what you're talking about when just kind of living your life actually becomes a negative. But you can't treat your romantic partner like your child. If that happened to my daughter who's eight years old, then I have to kind of 
play by her rules because she's a child. But my wife is a grown adult. And if me living my best life actually becomes threatening or problematic to her because she's in a bad place, I have to address that with her out of respect for her as a grown, fully formed adult. You know, like, what do you what do you do when, you know, you can't blame someone for getting in a bad mood or dealing with shit. Everyone has their ups and downs. That's fucking humanity. That's living life. But I've made that mistake far too many times before where I think, well, let's just handle my wife with baby hands because I need to be walking on eggshells. She's clearly in the mood where things are not going well and she's upset. So therefore, I can't just be the best Mike. That's going to be make things worse. Me doing my jobs and going to the gym and 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 training martial arts or or being uh, interacting with my daughter. Well, that'll just make things worse. Well, fuck that. You need to dive in. You, I mean, kind of dancing around the issue. I have found like it may provide you a little bit of. It may provide kind of immediate satisfaction because you avoid the combat. But in the long run, it's never a good thing. And, you know, at least I found with my wife, it's it's always in the long term, it ends up being a, a good thing that you just nip it in the butt where it's like, hey, uh, I understand you're going through fill in the blank. But me just uh, doing chores and cleaning the house and getting my work done, it can't be problematic to you. There's something different here, okay? Like, what is it? Let's examine it. I'm here for you. Let them know that you're there to support them. But, you know, also just like realize that I don't know about, I I can't, I think it's really inappropriate and irresponsible for people And it happens a lot in the mental health world where they're like, this is how you should handle shit all the time with every person. You know, like I used to get, especially on Loveline, you'd get like these dating and romance experts and they'd be like, this is what you need to do with girls, single man. And you're like, what the, no, maybe some, some of the time, but, uh, turns out females are human beings and they have wildly different ebbs and flows to their moods, to their understanding of certain things around them, to what they're willing to tolerate at certain points. Their sense of humor dramatically changes, (laughs) just like everyone. And uh, it's problematic when you make this like black or white kind of binary um, proclamation about how things should be handled with human beings. And it happens in the media right now with race relations, with gender, with Democrats, with Republicans, with blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, that's not how humanity is. There's a subtlety. There's many shades of gray. So, you know, I, I, I would say that at least from my perspective, the last thing you want to do is come in like General Patton and be like, well, this is how we're going to solve your problem. You can't go in because that does make things worse. But at the same time, you also can't just pussyfoot around stuff. If someone's in such a bad way that they're going to compromise your quality of life, you know, there's a, there's a fine line between the two. And I think you can live in that balance in the middle. 
And don't search for that. I, I think a lot of guys do it thinking they're being supportive and loving. And actually, you're just being a pussy where you just don't engage because you're afraid of like exacerbating the problem and you just allow kind of inappropriate behavior to go on thinking you're doing what's right for your female partner. Reality is like what's the most loving thing you can do is engage in the un, the discomfort for the sake of everyone's kind of best life in the long term. Uh, Tim, no, 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 no. Timeless comic covers. How detrimental, if at all, is using machines at gym for resistance training instead of the free weights? Free weights and Smith racks are always being used. Um, it's not, it depends, really, it depends on your goals. Look, if getting jacked is your goal, uh, machines can be, sometimes even be better. Especially if you've already built kind of a base of strength. I don't think like for abject beginners, um, machines are the best options. It, it Maybe in the beginning, you know, when before people learn proper squat, deadlift, bench, overhead press technique, there is some value to that because some people just simply don't have the structural integrity to deal with those things. And they certainly don't have the skill of those exercises, the skill to, to practice them competently. But in that case, I would opt for bands and cables much more than I would um, machines, you know, which are, are locked into one plane of movement. Um, I, I think that bands and body weight movements are always the best thing to start with if you're just a, like a pure beginner. But if you've already got some horsepower and you understand how to squat and you've built um, structural integrity, machines can be fucking awesome. And you can actually do more kind of um, hypertrophy-based stress to the muscle you're training with a machine that you can with free weights. Um, you know, a bench press is not from a purely like stimulation of the muscle cell standpoint, bench press is not a good chest exercise in comparison to say like a hammer strength, um, chest machine or chest press or a cable crossover. Those things are going to provide much better stimulation directly to the pectoralis muscles. So, you know, if you're looking just to look better, if that's your main goal, machines can be fantastic. Really you learn how to utilize them well. Explore Arthur, Arthur Jones's training protocols and his kind of ideas on training, which then subsequently led to Mike Menser and Dorian Yates. But, you know, these, these techniques to really push the intensity using machines, it's far safer to kind of engage in extremely high intense training, which I think is the most beneficial for most people. And you can generate a lot more stress in the muscles that you're hoping to train. And again, it's, it's, you're much, much less prone to injury. So there's a lot of upside to using machines. Now, if you're, like I said, if you're just a, a complete, if you're overweight, have very little muscle, there has to come a time once you've kind of established yourself physically capable to train properly, you have to get under barbells. Like, it, it, don't let anyone 
and there's a lot of people out there who are really, really smart. Um, Doug Brignoli and, um, you know, my friend Nick Curson from Speed of Sport. When you're talking about training for athletic performance, I don't think like heavy deadlifts and heavy bench press and stuff and heavy squats is like ideal. In fact, it can be quite detrimental, um, you know, for stuff like that. If you're an MMA fighter that just wants to be more powerful and more competent in the cage or in the ring, um, very, very lightweights and plyometric work and band work is, is perfectly suitable. But if you want to take off your shirt and look like it, like the person that people go, oh, shit, uh, man or a woman, old or young, there has to be some period of time, a concerted effort for a prolonged period of time where you're getting under a barbell and getting nasty. Um, so take that into consideration. Green caribou. You had mentioned Tudka before. Can you talk more on it, your experience with it, and so forth? Thanks. I have... Promoted Tudka because it's something that I have used. It's something that I have learned to be effective. Um, Tudka is designed specifically for liver health and liver enzymes. And I've always suffered from having poor liver enzymes. Whenever I get my blood work done and I go and I see a doctor, they always are like, oh, your blood sugar looks great and uh, your testosterone's really healthy for a guy you're in, blah, 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 blah. And my liver's always fucked up. Now, it could have been extremely heavy drinking for long periods of time and extremely heavy drug use. It could be psychiatric meds that I take. I don't know. But something about my liver is not living up to snuff. Which is odd because it's been 20 years since I had a drink, any sip of alcohol. So I'm assuming it's something to do with maybe psychiatric medication that I take. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But what I do know is that I had to take action. So I started taking, you know, uh, all the kind of typical herbal stuff and it wasn't moving the needle much. And then Stan Efferding got me involved in Tudka. And it's something that's very commonly used in like the high level bodybuilder world because anabolic androgenic steroids do compromise especially the oral ones will fuck your liver up so a lot of people are very concerned with what they can do to help their liver um tudka i i took recommended dosage for about three four months and it absolutely was the only thing that ever really made a difference in my liver and for the positive i don't know much about it chemically what it is I know that from the extensive amount of research that I have done that it isn't in any way negative and that you should use minimum effective dosage because there doesn't seem to be any benefit to like using double the dose and that it works. It works for liver health. So that's that's really all I know in a nutshell. And if you are struggling with that or if you are going to engage in steroid use, um, look into it. If you're trying to bring up a lagging muscle group, is it best to hammer hard in one session or hit it a little bit in every gym session. I'm doing A, B, full body every other day. From Preddy 8 um, it is much better to have a little bit more frequency because, um, look, when you say hit it hard, it's oh, there's only so much you can hit it hard. And even if it's a lagging muscle or not, you should hit everything hard. You shouldn't go to the gym and hit things with moderate intensity. 
Um, whether you're into extreme high volume or you're into like a more classic bro split or you're doing um, a, a, a more minimalist approach, you know, full body, which it seems like you're doing and then hitting things with higher intensity, uh, you should always be hitting things with higher intensity. Now, if you have something with a lagging body part, I think that adding in, you know, let's say you train everything full body A, B. So that's uh, I'm assuming you're training three times a week, A, B, A, B. Um, adding in, you know, like a bonus day to add in, you know, two or three uh, lagging muscles or maybe one or two lagging muscles, um, I would think would be a, a great option. Also, what you can do is not to quote unquote hammer it hard, like you said, but let's say you're training full body every other day, okay? Whatever that lagging muscle is, Add in one high volume, high rep, you know, widow maker like exercise for that muscle group, just that muscle group. So you continue training ABAB. This is something that Dante Trudell, famous for dog crap training, has always proposed. You know, like if you have a a like, let's say lagging chest, okay? So you're training upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body every other day. Well, if you're lagging chest, then do everything else normally maybe one or two exercises per body part, right? But on chest day, you have an extra super high intensity set, maybe two sets of a certain exercise that puts that specific body part in an extreme level of contraction and extreme level of stretch. So don't make it your your lagging body part, your your choice shouldn't be for bench press, bench press. I mean, excuse me, your choice for chest shouldn't be bench press. Your choice for chest to add in, to because you should already be doing some type of compound movement, add in cable crossovers, cable, dumbbell flies, something that puts that specific muscle group in isolation and then puts it in extreme contraction and stretch. So at the contracted position, you know, like a, let's say a pec deck. Extreme contraction and extreme stretch um, at, at the bottom or at the uh, extremes of the negatives and the extremes of the positives. Adding that in every single time you train chest, just just that little dovetail can also be an incredibly good way to do it. I did it for my calves and that's, that's exactly the f- only thing that ever really worked for me is that I was, you know, training upper body. I would split training four days a week. Upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body. I would have two separate workouts for upper body and lower body, and I would do them both twice a week. Um, so four days a week. And then on lower body days, I would add in an extreme stretch, extreme contraction set of leg press calf extensions um, for like crazy high reps with, you know, just it was it was a brutal, but it was one set. And I added that in. So now I'm training the same amount. I was still training calves twice a week, but I was do adding in this uh, extreme stretch, extreme contraction volume set, doing 30, 20, 30 reps of, you know, five second pauses in the bottom and like five second pauses at the top, holding it on my t- utter tippy toes. And it sucked. Oh my God, did it suck. But it worked. It was the only thing that ever really worked for my calves. Um, and, you know, there's going to be variety to different whatever your lagging body part is. For instance, calves, they're so strange. You know, calves and forearms are so strange because they're so 
their muscle composition, you know, slow, slow twitch, fast twitch are so weird because you walk around on your calves all day and your forearms and grip muscles are so weird because you have been picking stuff up and carrying stuff and writing and playing guitar, whatever it is, all your life. It's so different than, say, like your upper back or your chest where they they get stimulated with uh, a meaningful amount for four times a month, you know, for 45 minutes. It's not exactly the same thing as something like your calves or your glutes, which you walk around on them and then you stand up on them all day, all of your life. But look into that, you know, explore both options, either adding a day specifically you know, a higher volume hypertrophy day to that lagging body part or adding in a specific exercise that's very suited to hypertrophy. Again, something that's very, um, that puts you in extreme stretch and extreme contraction in an isolation um, to to whatever workout day that you're doing that body part. I love Lucy. And I don't mean, you know, the sitcom Lucille Ball. No, no, no. I'm talking about Lucy, nicotine, products okay the capsule nicotine pouches the lozenges the gum everything about lucy is fantastic you know why because everyone has this misguided look and and feel and and this unnecessary stigma around nicotine because nicotine itself is actually a beautiful drug it's just usually how you get it can be kind of yucky. No smoking, chewing tobacco, uh, vaping. No, no, no. Lucy takes care of all of that. They have the Lucy nicotine capsule pouches, a flavor ball inside each pouch that you can crush for an extra burst of flavor. Lucy nicotine capsule pouches include coconut oil to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and it doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in a very good clinical four or eight milligram dose and three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. I could tell you myself, all of them are delicious. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co, use promo code Mikey, get 20% off your order of Lucy nicotine capsules, pouches, or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co, use promo code M-I-K-E-Y, that's Mikey, at checkout. And I have to let you know that this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code Mikey. Hey, fellas. Have you had an incident or an ongoing process of not being able to perform in the bedroom the way that you would like? It, it is unbelievably common. And you should do something about it because no one you, – you don't deserve – to feel like that, you should feel at uh, the top of your game when you're performing in the bedroom. And I think it's a darn shame that if you do encounter something like this, then you got to go wait in line at a pharmacy, which is super embarrassing. And then you go up to the counter and have to ask for that prescription and you have to wait and talk to a doctor and then have that prescription filled. All of this is incredibly awkward because you know what we're dealing with. Well, Blue Chew makes sure that you don't have to deal with any of that. You just get the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it's at a fraction of the cost. No embarrassing moments. All you got to do is sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform, Blue Chew can definitely help. 
And I got a special for you. Listen up. Try Blue Chew free. That's right, free. When you use the promo code Mikey at checkout, just pay $5 of shipping. That's bluechew.com. Use the promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. What do you do between sets from Mr. Zeladon? I walk around, I don't look at my phone, and I rest. It's a good question. I know it sounds simple, but uh, stop. Put fucking Instagram away. Uh, I'm not saying don't look at your phone, especially if you're one of these people who has your workout log on your phone. That's different. You know what I'm talking about when I say don't look at your phone. Don't shop for fucking jeans on eBay. Don't look at Instagram. Don't get a new update from Vice on how terrible Trump is. Uh, Yeah, whatever it is. You know, like fill in the blank. Don't be doing that shit when you're in the gym. Think of your rest periods as serious and, and as important as your training. Because they are. If you're training to get jacked and you're re- you know doing a high volume workout, uh, really make sure that your rest is 45 seconds, a minute, something like that. If you're training to get fucking strong and you're training to get uh, to, to to increase density, to increase athletic performance, make sure your rests are two to three minutes. Um, and and and, and use that time. I get so many people who I train who, uh, you know, I work with on my top tier of my Patreon who I'm actually responsible for, like, training them. They complain about not being able to get 10,000 steps in a day. Sometimes it's 12. You know, for some higher level people, I'll I'll recommend 12 or 14,000. And they say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I go, "Uh, really? What do you do in between your squats? And they go, I sit down. And I go, go, okay, Uh, put your phone in your pocket. You know, I understand if you're squatting, have it, but then pick it up and just walk around, walk around the gym in circles, uh, get, get, start flushing that lactic acid, getting your steps in, but you're not actually compromising your recovery. You're not sprinting in between, right? You're just walking around, keeping your body moving. Um, that's typically what I do. Um, yeah, I don't want to say typically, that's what I do. I will just kind of glance at the clock um, because I'm not someone who's particularly interested in like gaining sizable muscle. I, I think I'm pretty good in that department. So um, I'm mostly just trying to get out as much uh, from my working sets as I can. I just push them to the limit. So I don't really have to have like truncated or smaller rest intervals. I, I go ahead and get as much rest as I need. But uh, I don't just sit there, and I certainly don't scroll through Instagram. I, I I put my phone in my pocket. I keep it in my pocket, and I just walk around. And I have no problem getting fourteen thousand steps every day. I average like sixteen thousand, um, and that's without jogging. You know, I understand. Also, most people. I don't work in an office. I'm not in a sedentary position, and I live on a farm. Um, so there's a lot that goes in it. But at the same time, even when I lived in Venice Beach, um, I I just. There was never a day when I'd go at the end of the night and look at my phone and be like, oh, shit, I only have 5,000 steps, you know? So keep that in consideration. Why does my body look like my dad was E.T.? My arms and lower legs don't get bigger. Joey in the dogs. Um, well, listen, everyone is given a genetic 
kind of blueprint. And don't let anybody tell you differently. But that doesn't mean you can't work through it. I mentioned Stan Efforting earlier in the show. He is the world's strongest professional bodybuilder. Officially. He is fucking monstrous. And he was like 140 pounds when he graduated college. And he's tall. He's like 6'4". He has got to be close to 300 pounds of rock-solid muscle. And his calves were his weakest body part. Little sticks. And, and he will be the first to tell you, yes, calves and forearms typically are the most genetically kind of predisposed muscles, but that doesn't mean you can't attack them with violent aggression and make something of them. You can. Have the commitment to do it. Um, I, I've, always, I've always had broad shoulders, even when I wasn't muscular. For a hundred, I was, you know, in high school, I was like kind of jock guy, but I was never big. I was, uh, before I started getting into like really pumping iron and steroids, I was a 175 pound person, 5'10", I'm 5'10". But I always had kind of broad shoulders. I always would go buy clothing, even in the 90s where like baggier clothing was, uh, was the thing. I, I would still like stuff that would fit me in the shoulders would be ridiculous, look like dresses, you know? So I had broad shoulders from my end, uh, I, I, but I was uh, lucky in that department, okay? So when I started pumping iron, yes, very quickly, I was behind the neck pressing 225, and 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 my shoulders were wide and broad, and then you would look at my legs and be like, oh, does he have polio? It's so sad. You know, typical, like, I was, like, jail buff. Uh, and for a long time, I just kind of wore pants and said, oh, that's my gym. Because my mom's 4'10 and like 90 pounds. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. My mom is probably a little person in Texas here. Back in LA, she's just an uh, old Mexican lady. But she's, <laughs> in Scandinavia, she's uh, officially a little person. My dad's 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and, and overweight. And before he was overweight, he was a little, and my dad was a little guy. He was like a, he returned punts and was, um, you know, I, I um, went through some of his old stuff. It was really, really special. But um, this is a couple years ago. That's where I found, when his, my grandfather, when his father died, I started going through a lot, like a lot of my dad's old stuff at, at my house where I grew up, where they still live. And then also in Oregon, where my grandparents lived. Westland, Oregon, by the way, Chael. Have me on the show, Chael. Give me some love. Or come on my show, Chael Sonnen, the Westland badass American gangster. My grandfather coached basketball and taught at Westland High School. My father went to Westland schools and graduated from Westland High School. So it's in me too, buddy. <laughs> um, Anyway, so, you know, I was going through stuff and my dad had all these like his skivvies and his uniforms and stuff from when he was in the military. Um, and he wore like size small T-shirts. So my dad's I have little person genetics and I always had little legs. And again, I just wrote it off like, well, those are my genetics. That's what I'm going to. And then finally, I 
got to an age, it was probably like in my mid thirties where I was like, fuck this. I like, well, let's deal with that. Maybe lay off the, uh, deadlifts and shoulder training for a while. It's still train them, but like, you don't need to go ham on them as much because you're, you're kind of fine. Uh, in fact, you could probably do yourself a favor because I see on TV there, asshole, and you look like a fat person because you're fucking so jacked in your traps and your shoulders and stuff. And then you put a suit on and it's like, oh, is that person doughy? So I laid off that. You know, I trained him, but I trained him much with much less frequency. And then I tra- started training my calves and then my glutes like a lot. And I did 20 rep squat program with calves. Every time I would train and I, and I made it different and I made it and now I have, I, I still don't think like my calves or my, uh, the posterior part of my le- lower body is my best body parts, but they're at least relatively, uh, um, symmetrical, you know, so you do it. You know, why does my dad look, why does it look like my dad was ET? I get it. Genetics are a thing. Um, I, I always mention that in one of Ronnie Coleman's um, training videos, I think it's the famous one with lightweight, nothing but peanut. There's a scene where he goes back to his family where he grew up, right, in Louisiana. And his mom's there. And he's like, oh, my mom. And Ronnie's like, the, like he just has such a beautiful, like everything good about like southern um, charm, American, the American South and southern charm. And, 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 and gentlemanly, like Ronnie embodies that. He's just such a, like, he loves his mom and he loves Jesus and he loves, and he's very, um, he's very kind of like folksy about things. You know, like it's really very endearing. So he goes back to visit his mom. And this is a, like an old lady. And he's, my mom, he's like, my mom ain't never worked out a day in her life. Never, never seen no dumbbell, never seen no barbell. Mom, show him them double bicep. And his mom... This is true. Like, you can look it up. His mom just fucking flexes her arm. And, pulls, and she's got a better bicep than me. And you're like, oh, well, that's why he's Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> His genetics are preposterous, you know? Um, so, yeah, you know, genetics are a thing. But it doesn't mean you can't work. Uh, uh, you can't beat them. You can beat them. You can. It's, it's more of an uphill battle with some body parts than it will be with others, but it doesn't mean you should give up on them. Loving the SC hat. Gamecocks, go Cox. Yeah. Um, I have nothing. I, I, I certainly love the University of South Carolina. I love both the Carolinas as far as like being there. I love it. I God, it's fucking beautiful. But I don't have any connection to the University of South Carolina. Uh, I wanted a hat that said Cox on it because I'm a child. That's as simple as that. Because it doesn't say Gamecocks. This hat says Cox. And I can wear it everywhere. And people can be like, what's this guy? And they'll be like, oh, no, uh, that's University. South Carolina. And I'm a boy. I'm a child. And I love, I'm, I still wear, look, I'm wearing this hat. And the, the, the Gamecocks travel very well because I've been all over the place. I've been in Puerto Rico in Europe, parts of Europe wearing this hat. And people are like, yeah, go. Did you see the game in Purdue? And I was like, I don't really like them. I'm from L.A. 
Uh, I have no. Uh, I wanted this hat because it said Cox on it. And people always are like, yeah, I get it. Okay. I'm waiting for the day when someone's like, you're disgusting and immature. I'd be like, okay, sorry, lady. I don't know why I assume it would be a lady. John Leiterman, my friend John Leiterman, how do you make your dong bigger? I don't think you do. I think you can make your dong, you know, maybe this was just a a funny joke question. But uh, I know a lot of guys are sincerely interested. It's the same with hair loss. I don't, I don't think you do outside of surgery. And I don't think you need surgery unless you have literal medical micropenis. Because um, I don't know what it's like to have a vagina or be a gay male and receive penis. I don't know what it's like. But I will tell you this. In the, like, decade or so that I hosted Loveline, which puts me in at least a little better position to answer this question than, say, most people. Same with any sex-related or drug-related question. I, I sat next to a physician five nights a week and answered people's questions about sex and relationships and drugs and, and life, right? So I, I don't – from a classical sense, I don't have any – qualifications to answer medical questions, but I have a little bit better than the average layperson. I will tell you this. In the decade or so that I hosted Loveline, we took the call of my boyfriend slash my husband slash my lover's penis is too big like 500 times. We never took the my man's dick is too small call. Never. And I'm telling you, I don't know about it. I, I can guarantee you over 50 times a girl called in and said, I don't know what to do. My man's dick's too big. Now, of course, my male instinct was like, fuck that guy. God, I'm jealous. But that's kind of like male phallic ego thing. I don't think in, in real life, like as long as you got an average size, you know, just enough to to do get the job done to like insert. You're good. It's all about like how you, in the hands of a skilled ninja, even a small dagger can be deadly, buddy. Invest yourself into that that your lover, and it really. Commit to tending to their needs sexually, that's way more important than having like a gigantic dong. Now, don't get me wrong. If I could wake up tomorrow, if some dude in a beanstalk gave me beans and I ate those and I had a tenant in Tommy Lee's dong, I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. But that's me stupidity. That has nothing to do with like my application to, to sex because, uh, I, 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 I encourage any young lady out there who has bedded me please write in or call in I will distort your voice you can be anonymous 
We did it on Loveline a couple of times. I can't say I can't use my wife because she'll say anything to make me feel better. Right. She, my wife, it, even if I'm the worst lover, my wife loves me and I know this and it makes God, it makes me feel great. But my wife would never, ever, even if it was true, would be like, oh, yeah, this is terrible in bed. So, uh, but I certainly don't have like uh, I don't have a small dick, but I don't have anything to like brag about. I don't have I'm not winning contests. And uh, I'm pretty confident like. I've done I've done the job. Because I'm genuinely concerned and interested. I'm interested in the receiver of my passes, my meat passes. As I, I'm slanging, I'm the quarterback, dick quarterback. And I, I want to make sure that my passes are easy and pleasurable to receive. I get over 25,000 steps a day. Jesus Christ, because of my job. Uh, is that good or bad for my resistance training? From Golzigal. I am assuming you're like a mail deliverer, you know, some type of delivery person. Or I don't know, man. God, what do you do <laughs> to get? Uh, I mean, actually, please write in Golgazal and let me know because uh, I, I have to assume post postman. Um, because that you get so much from doing that. Um, but I, I don't think it's detrimental as long as you take that into consideration. I would not be getting 25,000 steps a day and then doing a six day a week double split with cardio as well. Take into consideration that just baseline your existence carries with it 25,000 steps a day and understand that you probably don't need very much stimuli to, to get the job done. Three days a week of like concerted effort in the gym with heavy resistance training and then also up in that protein and, and you know, getting your calories to where you want them to be for whatever your goal is. Um, just embrace it and work with it as opposed to working against it. I think if you get 25,000 steps a day, it can be detrimental if you're also training for a marathon and also, um, you know, trying to to be the rock, you know. So that's all. I think this was a good collection. I hope you enjoy the show. Please, if you could like and subscribe, it would help me a lot and make uh, leave a nice comment, tell a friend, increase my traffic on the podcast either here on YouTube or if you're listening via audio, make sure that everyone knows that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are available and also my Patreon is available to you if you are interested in more detailed support, help, and assistance. I have three tiers available. The top tier being, I'm at your disposal for everything. I give you custom-tailored training and nutrition programs, and you have a unique, specific email only for top-tier clients where you could reach me at all times and ask any questions you want. And also, you report back to me. There's that level of accountability, which I think makes a huge difference. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, check it out. My Patreon, I will link to it below. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.